0: Welcome to Cisco TechBeat, the podcast that explores the people and stories behind what inspires the newest innovation. I'm your host, A.B., and I'm thrilled to welcome Jeff Sharitz, our EVP and Chief Customer and Partner Officer. Jeff oversees Cisco's global sales and partner operations, and he's responsible for evolving and executing Cisco's go-to-market strategy as the company continues to transform its business towards software and subscriptions. Jeff, so glad to have you here. Welcome to TechBeat.
1: Well, hello, AB. It's uh, certainly great to be here and uh, just a big thank you to you for having me on. So I'm looking forward to the conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Me too. And I want to start things off
0: with talking about your role because you really have unique insights into the business, both from, you know, internally and from external vantage points. How would you describe the relationship between sales and partnerships and how has that evolved over time?
1: Yeah, A.B., it's interesting. You know, in my role, I'm I'm very fortunate. I get to witness the evolving dynamics between sales and our partner ecosystem. And I think at Cisco, uh, sales and partners have always been somewhat intertwined. Uh, You know, we made a commitment, I think, roughly 27 years ago to be a partner-led organization, and and that hasn't changed. Uh, But over the years, the relationship, I think, is deepened, becoming more strategic. Uh, Because if you think about it, back in the early days, Uh, Partnerships were often viewed as, you know, just primarily as channels to extend our reach into the market and reach around the world. Uh, They were important, but the collaboration was, you know, much more transactional. And then if I fast forward to today, uh, the scenarios dramatically changed. Partnerships have evolved from being just transactional resale channels to more strategic alliances, uh, ultimately critical to helping us deliver value to customers. And I think this transformation It's primarily driven by the realization that in this complex world we live in, the rapidly changing technology landscape, that no single entity can do it by themselves. So our partners bring unique strengths. They bring local insights. uh, They bring specialized expertise in innovative solutions that complement our technology offerings. So from a sales perspective, you know this collaboration between the two allows us to tap into new markets, innovate faster, uh, deliver more value and, and holistic solutions to our customers uh, to help them be successful. So it's not about selling products anymore. It, it's about <laughs> right. architecting solutions and delivering value uh, for our customers. So our partners play a critical role in this. And uh, it, it's really just another competitive weapon in the arsenal of our sales teams. Absolutely. And I, and I love that teamwork
0: element to it because yeah. it's really a relationship. It's not just a, a business transaction. So really yeah, cool. that's right. I always say
1: it's one plus one equals three, right? <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I want to talk about Cisco for a second, our culture, our purpose. You know, we are really leaders when it comes to a lot of purpose-driven work, our commitments in human rights and sustainability and, and, and other, you know, big things like that. How does that affect our partner relationships?
1: Yeah, I think it's a, it's a really good question. It's, it's, you know, as you mentioned, it's at the heart of how we operate at Cisco. And I think our commitment to things like sustainability, inclusivity, uh, human rights, other, you know, really pivotal issues that, that go beyond uh, corporate responsibility. I mean, it's, it's these values are really important to our DNA as a company and they influence every facet of our operations and especially in sales and our partner relationships. Uh, Because when you think about it today, our customers and partners are not just buying products from us or services from us. They're also investing in our brand and the values we have as a company. And I hear that from a lot of CIOs and partner leaders that I meet with on a regular basis. And by leading in areas like this, uh, we're reinforcing trust and ultimately loyalty. And maybe I can if it's okay, I'll just give you a few examples of that. And I think number one, absolutely, it helps us expand our business opportunities because I hear more and more, you know, customers prioritize vendors that align with their values. So that's incredibly important. It also enhances our collaboration. You know, our focus on things like inclusivity means we value diverse perspectives and fostering a culture of collaboration and innovation. And I think that's reflected in our sales strategy where we work closely with our partners, as we just talked about a moment ago and valuing their insights and their co-creating solutions with us. Uh, It also allows us to have a long-term value proposition when you think about it. Uh, While obviously profit and growing sales is essential, our stance on these issues positions us as a company uh, thinking about the long-term. And this perspective is especially appealing to partners and customers who are looking for that kind of stability and, and shared growth. So that's another important area and then I just talked about the importance of strengthening the partner ecosystem. Our partners play a critical role in amplifying our impact, and by embedding these kinds of values into the partner relationships that we have, it kind of creates a ripple effect. Um, you know, our joint solutions initiatives are informed by these kind of commitments and often result in more sustainable and inclusive outcomes for our customers. So, so there's a lot uh, a lot going on here, and this is becoming a bigger and bigger. Uh, area of importance, not only for us as a company, but things that our partners and our customers care about. So it's a, so it's a great question and it's really important to our business. Diving in a bit
0: deeper on the inclusivity angle, I know that building inclusive and diverse workforces are really important to you. Uh, and in fact, you are uh, an executive sponsor yeah. of Connected Black Professionals. You kind of touched on this already. We can talk about it a little bit more, but my question is, you know, what is the importance or what are the benefits to companies who actively seek diversity in their workforce? And what drew you to sponsor Cisco's Connected Black Professionals?
1: Yeah, well, thanks for the question, because I think, um, you know, I think back to my early leadership career, this probably, I probably didn't understand this as well as I understand it today, Um, because the conversation about purpose is invaluable. And it's one thing that I'm most proud of about uh, what we do as a company. And like I said, through my journey, I've come to understand the benefits of fostering diversity in an organization. Uh, for a few reasons. Number one, I think diverse teams, by virtue of their varied backgrounds and experiences and approaches, challenge things differently, right? Uh, the diversity of thought uh, results in, you know, more innovative solutions, uh, drives creativity, uh, it provides out-of-the-box thinking, and overall just delivers better outcomes and better decision-making. So I think that's number one. And the research, um, I, you know, you can read a lot of different research articles, uh, consistently shows this, and I certainly have seen it in the diverse teams that, that I've had, it just makes us better overall. Another thing to think about is, you know, we are a global company and our customers come from various backgrounds and cultures and a diverse workforce mirrors this global clientele and enables us to understand and serve our customers better. So I think that's another really important area. I've also found that a culture that a culture that celebrates diversity is more inclusive by nature. And I think back to some of the things we did last year in my role with CBP, which is a Cisco Black Professionals ERO, events like Radiate, uh, you know, it allowed employees uh, to feel like they were part of a more inclusive environment. They feel valued, they felt understood, leading to better job satisfaction, hopefully reducing turnover and and ultimately hopefully allowing for better performance. And then I think the final thing I would say is in today's world, the best talent values inclusivity. So for here at Cisco, for us to attract and retain the best minds in the industry, we have to foster a diverse workforce. It's not just a nice-to-have, but it's, as we've said many times, it's a business imperative. So this is all incredibly important. Um, You also ask a little bit about my connection to the different EROs. I think it's personal for me, right? Uh, First, I believe that in every role, at every level, it's essential that we lift as we climb. Uh, I know that may be a little cliche, Uh, But I think it's I like that. It's really (laughs) important. Uh, And I think I'll use CDP as a great example. It represents a community that historically has faced challenges. And I just feel a responsibility to help help the team and help the group inside of Cisco remove barriers, uh, provide mentorship, provide sponsorship and just hopefully provide growth opportunities for uh, the many talented black professionals we have here at Cisco. So so it's uh, it's personal at the end of the day. That's that's why I'm a part of those organizations. Absolutely. And it's
0: nice to not only hear you uh, sort of reiterate what we've heard from other leaders uh, at Cisco, but the fact is that that whole notion of proximity and empathy, you really you really don't know people until you actually work with them and get to know them and reveal a bit of yourself, learn things that you may not have known about their cultures, their backgrounds, and it does make for a stronger workforce. And I And I like that you reinforce the idea of the business benefits to this, because I think there's a misconception out there that You know, you can't be purpose driven and and think about things like inclusivity and diversity and and simultaneously drive good business. It's just that is just not true. Two can happen at the same time. Right. (laughs) That's exactly right. Got a question about leadership. So at the heart of great leadership is communication uh, and partnerships and just relationships in general. Mm -hmm. And you're known as somebody who embraces those traits. So how do you how do you cultivate that that? collaborative, communicative culture uh, among your teams?
1: Well, thank you first and foremost for recognizing that. I appreciate it. I pride myself on really creating good connections with our teams across the business. But I think at the core of every successful partnership beyond kind of the metrics and the strategies is that genuine human connection that builds trust, Mm -hmm. fosters that open communication that you described. Uh, It's something that's really important to me. I've always tried to accomplish it with my teams uh, and I do it by a few different ways that maybe I'll just share with you. Uh, I, I think the first one is you just you have to lead by example. Uh, communication, I believe, always starts at the top. Uh, I make it a point to be transparent and open in all my interactions, just like the roundtables we had downtown in Atlanta yesterday, uh, ensuring that my teams uh, know they're always in the loop and they can trust the information that's being shared, uh, doing good cadences of regular check ins. Uh, Scheduled updates to our teams is incredibly important as well, Uh, but beyond that, probably the informal check-ins are equally as important. You know, a simple note in WebEx uh, saying, hey, how are you doing, can go a long way in understanding and addressing maybe some underlying issues, concerns, or barriers that might exist across the team. Uh, Admittedly, I don't get to do it as much as I I used to, given the role I'm in today, Uh, but I think it's important for leaders to consider that when they're building relationships with their teams. Uh, The next area maybe I'll point to is I always say God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason, Uh, (laughs) because you should listen twice as much as you speak. And I think being a good, active listener is incredibly important. Um, Communication isn't just about speaking. It's about listening and and really understanding what people are saying. So I prioritize active listening, ensuring that when someone speaks, uh, they truly feel heard, they truly feel understood. Uh, I, I think that's another important area as well. Uh, Maybe one or two more I'll just share with you quickly. Uh, Yeah. It's also you got to encourage constructive feedback. It's important that teams feel like their feedback is valuable. Uh, That's part of the active listening piece, Uh, but I actively seek it. I I really try to pull out of my teammates uh, and and people in my organization, uh, you know, give us your feedback, give us your thoughts. You know, we do that through surveys that we send out. Uh, and trust me, the surveys we send out, we read the responses and they matter to me. Right. It's uh, matter of fact, more than the scorings of the one through five it is the comments, right? That's what's typically is most important when we get a lot of the surveys and the feedback. And then I think the final area, A.B., that I would call out is just leading with empathy. I, I've always believed that when you understand and value the emotions of team members, uh, it, it, it's just I can't say how important it is. And by fostering a culture of empathy and, and truly trying to understand where people are coming from, it ensures that communication is not just a, a, not just transactional in nature, uh, but it's truly about building a relationship between two individuals or individuals, multiple individuals. So uh, so those are a few areas. But uh, like I said, it's, uh, I think it's important, especially when you get in a role like mine, to make sure that you get lots of great input and, and really communicate effectively across a broad organization. Yeah. I love that. And I
0: think all those things go hand in hand. You become a more effective communicator, have more empathy yeah. as you listen more. And I, I'm going to make sure my son watches this, uh, this, this episode. <laughs> he, he, he's one of no, no, I have four, my four kids myself. I, <laughs> I, I know how difficult <laughs> that can be. <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, I mean, and I say that not because he needs it necessarily, but I think it really reinforces the, I was just having this conversation with him yesterday about listening yes. and how it's not the easiest thing to do, but when you listen and you really engage and, and hear what someone has to say rather than trying to think about what you're going to respond with, yeah. you learn so much from that person and and you and you educate yourself about that person and whatever the topic is. so uh, it's nice to to hear a leader also incorporate that in, in his uh, strategy and his daily you know interactions with the team. so that's great. thank you for sharing that. I want to talk about your being a leader just in general and the huge responsibility that is in terms of, you know, being a a role model for some, being somebody who people go to it for advice. Obviously, you have reports. And so people look up to you and look to you for guidance and and general leadership. Who do you go to uh, when you're looking for that kind of guidance or when you're in need of, of advice, whether
1: business or otherwise? Well, it's a great question. I mean, I I think the one thing that I do is I I always want to reach out to what I call my personal board of directors. Uh, This is a group of peers that I have in the industry. It's mentors that I've uh, used throughout my career, former colleagues uh, that I know I can count on. it will give me really candid feedback about leadership, uh, about just what's going on in the business, uh, about personal situations as well. I mean, those are Those are people that are really important to me. And, uh, you know, it's really who I leverage to uh, be a part of it. Um, You know, really helping me be a good leader and and really uh, making good decisions. I love it. I I think everyone should have a a network and and their own board
0: of trustees like that who they can turn to in times of need. That's amazing. Let's talk AI. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. everyone else is doing it. Why not? Uh, obviously, it is, it is top of mind for everybody, particularly within tech. And we certainly take AI seriously. And it's, it's a, an evolving uh, technology that has a lot of promise. In terms of what you're hearing from customers, what are they saying about AI? And how are they looking to Cisco in terms of how we incorporate AI to drive you know,
1: better End user outcomes. Yep. Well, you you nailed it. A B at the beginning, right? Every partner <laughs> conversation I have, every customer conversation I have, it's AI, 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 right? I mean, it's a, <laughs> certainly <laughs> top of mind, that's for sure. But uh, I, I, you know, I think when I talk to customers, um, many express a desire to integrate AI, obviously, into their infrastructure, uh, but they're also uncertain about how to seamlessly achieve this without you know massive overhauls in their environment. Uh, I think they're also right. Uh, comes a responsibility of ensuring data privacy and ethical considerations. So customers want to ensure that they're implementing AI in a manner that's both responsible and compliant uh, and with regulations. Um, So those are some of the key areas. You know, they also depend more on, you know, they're depending more and more on AI driven processes, but they're also concerned about the reliability of those solutions, especially when you start to have to scale those things up. So, so while it's a big topic of conversation, and everyone has interest and everyone wants to leverage it in their environment, there are obviously some key concerns. I think at Cisco, um, you know, the conversations that I'm having, I, I really focus on three key areas uh, in my conversations with them. Number one, I, I talk about how are we leveraging AI in our own internal environment? Uh, you know, what are we doing in operations? Uh, what are we doing in sales? How do we leverage it in our technical support centers and our supply chain environment? Because we have some great examples of how we're leveraging the technology today uh, that we can share with our customers to help them be more effective in running their business. Um, The second area is how we're leveraging it internally across our portfolio. So if you think about what we're doing uh, with the networking cloud, if you think about what we're doing with our security cloud, or if you think about what we're doing with WebEx and our collaboration portfolio, uh, Generative AI is going to be, is today and will continue to be a key part of those solutions as we go forward. So we talk about those areas and the importance of those areas. And then the third area we talk about is what are we doing from a sell to perspective, whether it be selling to our large hyperscaler customers or our large enterprise customers, how do we leverage our ASICs and our chips? How do we leverage our Cisco 8000 series products? How do we leverage our servers and other technology that we have to enable the infrastructure that supports these large language models are to be being developed and, and how we help our customers there. So those are kind of the three areas we typically talk about. Uh, but net-net, right. you know, we're here to help, right? Uh, AI is going to continue to evolve. It's going to continue to change. And we have a lot of teams working on this right now and uh, moving very quickly to make sure that we can help our customers navigate through this transition over the next couple of years. Absolutely, and I think that's the sentiment across the board with anyone I've talked to
0: within our company, for sure. Yeah. About AI, and really the outlook is, you know, we're we're we want to utilize it in the most responsible way to make the customer uh, have the best uh, experience yeah. he or she can. Want to talk about Atlanta for a little bit, not just because you live there, uh, and actually we kind of share a little bit in common. My parents used to live outside of Atlanta for many many years, so I, I you know, it's, it's a great place. But I want I want to talk about before I get into Atlanta proper. Um, talk about our newest office or what we call collaboration centers at Cisco. And if for anyone who hasn't been to one of the new facilities we've built, they're really amazing facilities yeah. that are very green in design, extremely collaborative in terms of how they've set up workspaces and and you know huddle rooms and, and what have you. Lots of great tech that is both sustainable and pretty cutting edge because we are Cisco. Um, so I guess I want to ask you a couple of questions about the Atlanta office. Is there anything, or are there certain things in that office that you're just so excited about? Whenever you're there, they, they just bring you joy, or you're really impressed by them. And then, how does having our office there or our collaboration center have a positive effect on
1: the greater Atlanta community? Yeah, AB. By the way, where's your family from? What part of Atlanta did you did they live in? Well, they
0: they 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 my family is from all over the place, but they my parents used to live outside. Well, they lived in Roswell oh, okay. uh, for many years, and then Marietta. So you know the burbs, but we used yeah. to. To visit them and travel. So great, great town.
1: All the towns. Yeah, are no, and right it, it, it is a great city, and I don't live too far from those cities. So that's why I was asking. Okay, uh, but yeah, I gotcha. was, uh, so as it relates to the Atlanta Collaboration Center, I was just uh, there all day yesterday. So we had a great okay. day, and uh, you know, I always kind of go back to what Chuck said. You know, we want our offices mm. to be a magnet, not a mandate. And I think the new Atlanta Collaboration Center is just that. It's uh, an amazing facility, as you described. Uh, it's fitted with all of our latest technologies, especially our collaboration technologies. Uh, the hyper connectivity tools embedded in the center uh, make remote and hybrid work smooth and efficient. And also it has great views of downtown, just incredible views of the city. Uh, but beyond serving our employees, we actually leverage the center uh, to be a hub for tech engagement in the region as well. So we open up our doors to local tech events. Uh, we do various workshops across the industry. We do collaboration and meetup sessions uh, for yeah. you know students in the area. Uh, so by collaborating with local universities, institutions, uh, we aim to nurture kind of next generation of tech innovation uh, right here in Atlanta by leveraging our particular facility. Uh, furthermore, just to uh, the second question that you asked, I, I think our present, presence here uh, will likely continue to spur economic growth in the area. All right. Uh, mm. As we continue to expand our operations, uh, we hope to create more job opportunities for the local community uh, and our facility can serve as a model for sustainable future focused development in the region. So we're really excited about the facility. Uh, it serves multiple purposes, as I just described, and uh, we really think it's going to contribute a lot to the uh, local economy as we continue to move forward.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. What are some of your favorite things to do in Atlanta, what are some of the attractions that you just really enjoy because you live there?
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. I, I did not grow up in Atlanta. I, I moved here about 12 okay. years ago uh, to be the area vice president for a commercial business in, in the Southern part of the US. And, uh, you know, over the past 12 years, I've grown to, uh, to love the city. You know, it's a great community. Right. Uh, I raised all four of my children here. Uh, there, there was amazing schools. I, I think the people are great. Uh, it's a very diverse community today, people from all over the world, uh, different cultures, et cetera. So I think that's really important as well. Uh, and, and there's kind of a sense of unity that makes it feel like home to me, even though I didn't grow up here. Uh, like I right. said, no matter where you're from, it just it just feels there's a sense of community. Um, I also think, you know, the things I love about it, it's a it's a growing tech scene. I don't know how many people know that, but it really has a, a emerging uh, technology scene. It's, uh, it's, it's steadily becoming a hub for innovation, not only across the South, but across oh. the U.S. Uh, and I think it makes the perfect place for Cisco to set some roots, as we talked about earlier with the Collaboration Center, and, and grow alongside the sure. community. And it's just great to be a, a part of that. Um, I also say the weather's fantastic here. I'm originally from Ohio, so having good <laughs> weather in the South is always a good thing <laughs> as well. And then, you know, I, I've grown to uh, enjoy the Atlanta sports teams too. So I followed the Braves, followed the Falcons, That's right. the Atlanta Hawks. So it's right. Uh, so it's a great sports town as well, which I, you know, enjoy outside of work. So it's a great city. Yeah, fantastic city. If you've never been,
0: you got to go to Atlanta. There's so, so much going on, so much good stuff going on. Yep. Uh, I was going to ask you where you're from originally, but Ohio. Yes, I, I have a lot of friends in Ohio. I was just in Cleveland for a wedding two weekends ago. So um, yeah, Ohio's a great state too, by the way. Uh, but Georgia's great too. So I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you're enjoying it there. <laughs> uh well jeff thank you so much for your time i'm I'm so glad we were able to to make this happen and i really appreciate your insights because i think this is one of the first times i've been at cisco for two years where i really kind of start to understand the relationship between what we do on the sales side, how that works with our partnerships and how they're really intertwined. And and so I really appreciate um, all, everything that you've, you've done to really describe that in a way that is easily digestible. Um, and I hope that the next time we speak,
1: it'll be in person. I hope so, A.B. It's, uh, I appreciate you having me on and look forward to connecting real soon again. Sounds good. Talk to you soon. All right, take care. You too, bye.